Talk show. Hi there, my name is Susie Warren Smith, and for the next 30 minutes, we're going to be talking all things food and drink. Sweet things things. Uh, no drink. I'm joined by my fellow presenter, AJ Sharp, who is a taste expert. That's how we like to describe you. Uh, because she's a judge for the Great Taste Awards and loads of other awards. And she's a food writer and she runs a important PR company, <laughs> Sharp Relations of Food and Drink and all that sort of things. Uh, don't appear to have any downtime at all, do you? All those things you're juggling. I don't want any downtime. Don't you? No. God, I love downtime. I love it. I know. So we're talking uh, today about cakes and chocolate. Yeah. Have you got a sweet tooth? I have, yeah. Have you? I'm not. I'm, I'm excited about this in oh, the yeah. way that you're slightly dreading. Uh, well, I'm not <laughs> dreading it. I'm just, I'm, it's not my natural, you know, if it was after dinner, it's like it's cheese. Yeah. I think I like the salt thing. But, but then chocolate after the cheese, surely. No, not often. Sometimes I like, um, I'll be, I don't know, I just think, oh yeah, I need a bit of a hit of sugar and I love dark chocolate, like, you know. Yeah, but or a really good hot chocolate at the end of a meal when you don't actually want a pudding, a full pud, but a hot chocolate, it's just It's funny you should perfect. say that, actually, because uh, today we have two experts uh, who are joining us. So we've got Darren Litton. Hi, Darren. Hello. Of Cocoba. The clues in the name. Mm -hmm. And we've got Eloise Hale. Hi. Who's wearing an apron. Uh, and that's because she bakes amazing cakes. Thank you. <laughs> you do, don't you? They're all right. <laughs> <laughs> They're not all right. They're amazing. Uh, I'm afraid that, um, so uh, it's Ells Bells Bakery, which is based in Ashford in Kent. And it's just next to this podcast studio. And so Eloise does have to pop out because she's she's got a cake baking ah, that she can't leave. Is that leave. what the timer is? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so she's oh, got a timer hi. in front of her. And then she's going to dash out and sort this cake out and come back. Amazing. So Are you going to bring the cake back with you? No. No, it's just a, Just to taunt you, that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, so if you do hear that, uh, listeners, it's just because she's popping out, but she'll be back in again. Let's, uh, let's talk to Darren first. Darren, you you weren't born here, were you? No, I was born a little bit far away from here, down Which in uh, is, Sydney, Australia. But you never guessed from that accent. <laughs> uh, uh, lots of problems down Australia at the moment. People are saying the weather's just becoming really quite difficult. Yeah, a lot of flooding, a lot of heat, like a lot of extremes down there. But, yeah, um, yeah. But lovely place. Lovely place. Yeah. It's not as nice as here, obviously, <laughs> which is why you're here. You you obviously hail from Australia. Yes. And you say that you grew up sharing delicious hot chocolates with your granddad. I did, yeah. And did. and did that inspire you to start going into chocolate? It did. So, um, But he used to make it for me from a young age, um, with uh, not with powder and with sugar, just with pure chocolate. So he'd just get some pure Belgian chocolate, put it in the cup, um, some hot milk, and that was it. And that was a, so that way he would wow. just melt chocolate. Yep. 
God, just that. that sounds incredible. Doesn't you it? had a posh granddad. Didn't you? <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> yeah, we had Cadbury's powder still yeah. floating on the top. Remember, like, yeah. So, so did that inspire you? Did Did you go straight into into the food sector, or did, I didn't? Did know, you so. sort of go a circuitous route? Yeah, a little bit uh, different route. So, I went into um, I was working in accounting firms and banks. I'm a chartered accountant, so in the corporate life. I'm sorry about that. Exactly. So, I mean, obviously, <laughs> Never mind. Uh, I'm sure you can appreciate food is a lot more exciting, a lot more fun. Um, so. Um, yeah, so eventually moved over to that. So when I moved here, I moved over working in uh, banks and then um, I left that to set up a chocolate cafe and a chocolate brand. And whereabouts is that? Um, so the chocolate cafe is in Blue Water Shopping Centre. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. So that's uh, in Kent, North yes. Kent, isn't yeah, it? That's yeah, it. yeah. So uh, very Gartford, easy to get. Green High. Yeah. Very easy to get through uh, from from London. Yes. Um, so, how are you making your your hot chocolate? What's your secret? Um, so blend? that's basically the same way. So same as your granddad. Just, yeah. So pure pure Belgian chocolate um, and mixed with milk. So. And do you do you add sugar or no. is it just frothed up milk? What, yeah. What's the what's the secret to having a, an amazing hot chocolate? So do you have marshmallows on the top? I don't we like. can do, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Whooshy we cream. cream and marshmallows. If you like, other people don't. They just like the pure chocolate. So in the cafe itself, we have um, you can have like a standard signature hot chocolate, which is a fifty-five percent Belgian chocolate, a dark chocolate, but with the milk, it's obviously um, adds the the creaminess and the sweetness. Um, we do a kids' hot chocolate, which is a sort of a blend of a dark and a milk. Um, um, we also offer Ecuador hot chocolate, Uganda hot chocolate. We have 10 different flavors wow, of hot wow. chocolate. We have uh, salted caramel, hazelnut, vanilla. Um, and those are drinking chocolates. Yes, yeah, so it's all just hot chocolate to drink. Um, in the cafe itself, we also have um, amazing coffee. So coming from Australia, it's a huge coffee culture in Australia. So um, you don't really have the chains like you have here. Every single shop, generally speaking, is an independent and they're weighing the coffee before they put it in the um, in, in the group head and really extreme care taken. So we, we sort of follow that sort of principle here. So in terms of chocolate, how do you select? You say you've got different countries there yes. and, and, and obviously that's from cocoa beans, uh, yes. presumably. Yep. So it says cocoa beans and all these different places. How do you decide in terms of a taste profile? Do you have to go and unfortunately visit all these places to go and buy this stuff or do you get it over and do tasting? We generally how get do do it, it over, so over here. So that's generally like the beans will be from there, but it'll be generally we'll get it uh, made for us in Belgium. Um, and then it's purely just a tasting. So we'll try like re like huge numbers of different chocolates and hot chocolates just to make sure that we've got the right blend, the right amount of cocoa, the right amount of sugar. And the chocolate that we use to make all our chocolate bars and our eating chocolate is very different to the chocolate that we use to make our hot chocolate because it can have a completely different profile. Obviously, when you've got the oh, eating, so you've got the mouthfeel. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. with the milk, it obviously you need. To, it's all about the cocoa and the sugar and the combination. Whereas when you're eating it, you've got a different taste and texture. So, um, but the same, you know, chocolate drink will be a different chocolate for the chocolate that we use for eating. I do like a bit of hot chocolate, but again, if it's not too sweet. Mm. Too yeah, much. I agree with you. But it's got to be quite thick, hasn't it? It's got to really feel like it's got got that real chocolate content in it. I find. Mm. I mean, for me, watching people have a hot chocolate in the cafe when they've never tried a hot a chocolate. proper one. Yeah. It's amazing to watch that, 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 that their face light up and just to have that experience is really, really wonderful to watch. So um, Eloise has got to go and sort her cake out in a minute. <clears throat> Don't be long, Eloise, because uh, I want to talk to you when you get back. <laughs> so we've also, uh, unfortunately, they couldn't make it on the program uh, today, but we've also been talking to Love Raw. Mm -hmm. Do you want to tell us a little bit about Love Raw, AJ, because they're not actually here? Yeah, we've got a few facts about Love Raw. They were founded in 
2013 with just £600 after hand delivering samples to buyers without an arranged meeting, which sounds like a, a very interesting <laughs> story I'd like to hear more about. Yeah. Um, and their mission is to continue making legendary kick-ass vegan chocolate while maintaining our honest, transparent, no artificial nonsense roots, which is really, so sounds no really artificial. cool. So it's actually a vegan chocolate, all of these different ones, but it's interesting, isn't it? Because they look like... You know, it looks like a Kinder Bueno or something, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, so vegan chocolate um, is not one of the hardest things to, to, to make vegan. I think some things are quite difficult, but it does mean you've got to get rid of the dairy, doesn't mm. it? So that's quite... And that, then you've lost the that creaminess, hard, yeah. haven't you? And so often, you've got to find another way of getting the creaminess back in. And the replacement products often are things like soya, which can then have slightly bitter notes and things, and you then have to up the sugar, I understand, to kind of round mm. that balance out. Balance it out, balance it out. Eloise, how was the cake? Was it looking all, all right? Yeah, perfect. Of course it was perfect. <laughs> so is, it, is, he, is he bought it out in the oven now? Is it just sitting there? Yeah, all out in the oven now having a nice a little, little cool rest. down. Yeah. A little cool down, <laughs> great. Would you like to taste this? This is caramel vegan chocolate. Oh, fabulous. As an expert in the cake baking sector, we'd quite like your views. Obviously, it's, because it's vegan, it's got no uh, dairy, so that's quite a difficult thing to achieve. Oh, that's nice though. I really like that. It's quite smooth, isn't it? Mm. It's all right, isn't it? Do you have to make, do you do, do vegan cakes? I do, yeah. Um, so how do you manage to, to, to do the non-dairy thing? It can sometimes have its challenges. Uh, generally, I actually find substituting dairy the easiest part because there's now so many options for dairy-free milks and butters. Eggs is always the hardest part in cakes that I find. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah do you ever that. use Ogg's egg alternative? I've used them a couple times, mm. um, but generally because I try and make things as not that there's anything like too artificial in that, but I try to do as many things from scratch as possible. Mm. Um, I'll do things like we scratch make applesauce because that helps to put in some of the protein and moisture that you're missing from eggs. Mm. Yeah. Um, as well as you can soak flax seeds, and that kind of helps with the structure that you'd otherwise be missing, and it kind of not the nicest looking thing when it's raw, but um, once it's in a cake, you kind of don't really notice that the eggs are missing quite so much. Mm. But it does, there's a lot more options now for, for vegan baking. It's quite daunting, I think, when you start, but now it's all right. But I would imagine that you have to really experiment. Yes. Because, because some of those tastes will interfere with other Definitely. ingredient tastes. A lot yeah. of trial and error goes into it. My family kind of constantly, I come home and I'm like, can you try this? Can you tell me if this is okay? Not another cake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then it, it got to the point where actually um, my dad is like the furthest thing from a vegan or a vegetarian and I would take the cakes home, not tell him they were vegan and they're now actually his favourite type of cake. He likes eating it more than the other ones. Wow. Um, he really enjoys the texture of them and the the flavour and the fact that you can't really tell that it's yeah. vegan, mm. which is kind of what our goal always is with anything free from or vegan to kind of say it's not you a, wouldn't know it's yeah, not a you compromise know. you don't yeah. have to sort of say oh and something for the vegans it's this happens to be vegan and it tastes just as good as anything else mm. well we've got another one here that you can't taste aj uh i don't know if you want to do this is called buttercups don't know what that means i presume it's butterscotch no? i think it's peanut butter ah peanut butter darren yeah, sorry, I'm not good on peanuts. <laughs> yeah, don't need to be <laughs> ill. Just keel over off the side of the chair. No, not really. Mm, that's quite peanutty. Very peanutty. Actually, I don't mind that. Mm. Mm. Quite salty. Mm. Mm -mm. Yeah, I think if you like peanuts, you definitely like I that. quite like that. I'm really sorry, but it's so warm in the studio, it's a bit melty. They should probably, <laughs> probably need to be slightly colder. Um, we're going to try one more of Love Raw's. Um, in terms of chocolate, how do you keep 
chocolate, Darren. And and if you were serving just normal chocolate, mm-hmm. uh, we have an argument at home. So my husband likes chocolate in the fridge, and that really makes me cross because actually you can't. I don't think that's how you keep chocolate. Chocolate has to be blood temperature. Mm. I would say. Yeah. Um, if you have a really good piece of chocolate and you put it in the fridge, my opinion is that you can't taste it. Am I? Can you tell me who's right and who's wrong in our house? So I can go back and say <laughs> no getting, pressure, Darren. Getting involved in the family argument, but, yeah, no, no. Um, I, but. I don't. Well, I just again, I think with taste, it just as you said, it just comes down to taste and preference. And I think with so many things, whether it's chocolate, you know, even though we, you know, for us for, as a chocolate brand, we love our chocolate. You know, I eat my chocolate, you know, every day of the week. I, I genuinely love it. But I also eat other brands, and I, I encourage people to eat my brands and other brands. I think there's lots of great chocolate brands out there. I think there's lots of great food out there. You know, I think if you love coffee try loads of different coffees yeah you'll have your favorite and keep going back to that and you know we hope that people love our chocolate and you know that they'll keep coming back to us but we'd hope and that encourage them to try others as well i think there's so much great food out in the uk and so many great food brands out in the uk that um but in terms of coming back to your question i was gonna say darren um, you haven't answered my question, <laughs> to question. That, that was a politician's answer <laughs> which doesn't actually matter. answer it i mean i so i prefer having it just ambient so 15 to 18 degrees is probably you know around the perfect temperature you're right, Susie. I'm just going to go home and tell him that. <laughs> but, but then, you know, I've got like, you know, relatives who have it as, uh, you know, in the fridge. And I mean, I've eat, gone to their house, I've eaten it from the fridge. I still prefer it ambient. I think the problem with having it not in the fridge can be maybe in the summer because when it does yeah, get that's warm, way it, too, yeah, yeah. it does ruin it. That's sort of at least in the fridge you're protecting. But I would, my, I would side with you, but I would not say that the other people are. So are what wrong. I'm going to do is I'm going to edit the program, <laughs> edit out the bit where you said, no, 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 it's okay to have it at, uh, in the fridge. Um, uh, also with chocolate that's not so well made, um, sometimes you get that white sort of bloom on it. Is, is, is that a, is, I think is that's not harmful, is it? No, it's not harmful. And I'm not sure, to be honest, I'm not sure if it's to do with well-made or not. It's, it's to do with the ch- generally the change in the temperature. Oh, okay. So you've got the blooming. So when it's it's the ch- so you can have chocolate that's in the fridge and come up to room temperature, which will be fine. But if it comes up too quickly, then that's what comes up to the surface. Is it the sugar that yeah, comes so out? It's yeah. The, mm. So it, it come, rises to the surface. You get the bloom. So it tastes the same, but well, should taste the same, but it just doesn't look great. So Yeah. Yeah. Right, now let's. Uh, we're going to go over to you, Eloise. Why did you start baking cakes? I mean, it's quite hard work. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird. I just started baking as a kid with my, my mum. It was just what we did. I would pull a chair up to the kitchen counter. We'd stand on it. Our tradition was to listen to Stir It Up by Bob Marley, and we would bake pretty much every weekend. Um, and then as I got older, I'd chat to people I'm like, oh, what did you bake when you were younger? And they kind of go, I've never baked in my life. And so I think it was just naturally something I was going to end up doing um and then I just did it as a hobby it's a great way to make friends just to be the one that always turns up with cake everywhere um everyone likes <laughs> the person that. that rocks up was like oh I've brought a cake um so that was kind of just something I did for fun and then one day while I was uh still at school a friend asked if she could pay me to make a cake for her so I did and she came back and said it went really well can we do it again and then yeah. family friends then started saying oh we hear you're into baking let's let's help you out let's order some cakes from you and I was sort of 15 16 when I started selling cakes to people and then I decided I actually thought oh I could make a career of this and I went to culinary school for three years in London oh wow which okay. was I still think like the best three years of my life and I loved it so much where, where did you go actually go? I went to Westminster Kingsway College oh I know yeah. Wow. yeah 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 very famous one yeah um and so I did the professional chef's diploma 
And in my final year, you specialise. So I specialised in pastry, bakery and confectionery, which is a great title to have, I think, on mm-hmm. your diploma when you finish. Um, and so I did everything from pastries to chocolates uh, to bread and all sort of plated desserts and things. But bakery was definitely where I cared and my passion really lied. Um, so, yeah, I kind of got into it that way. And then I moved back from London uh, turned 20 and set my business up, um, doing it from my parents' kitchen for quite a few years until now I'm 25 and a couple months ago I've moved in here and now have a a proper unit. Yeah, Yeah, Brilliant. (laughs) Yeah, that's really good. So with bakery, I'm a rubbish baker because I'm quite a natural cook. So I'll take a recipe, but Mm. the recipe is a guide for me. I don't measure stuff. It's two tablespoons. That's about two tablespoons. Um, And then I sort of wing it like, I haven't got that, but I'll add this Bakery is much more a precision thing, is it? Definitely, It's more of a science. That's why I can't do it. You actually do have to measure stuff. Yeah, I often find that's the biggest thing people say is how do you have the patience for baking? And I think I'm just a very sort of methodical person. I like, I make a lot of lists. I like to be organised. And so I think baking just kind of suits, yeah, suits where I am. I like to follow instructions. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I do take a lot of liberties with flavour. So when it comes to actually adding flavours into cakes, I do then go a bit off script and people will watch me bake and say, well, how do you know? I just think, I don't know. It's instinct, I think, just to know how much of something to put in. But when it comes to the science of will it rise? Will it bake? Will it come out stodgy? Will it be not light and airy? That's definitely a science that you need a recipe to follow, I think, mm, to really yeah. get that, get and, that down. And, and each time try and recreate the conditions. Yes, that's something that I've always sort of learned. Whenever I read a lot of baking blogs, a lot of it comes from American bakers and they always talk about high altitude baking and low altitude and how the climates affect it. And I think in the UK, I'm like, I just follow a recipe and no one tells me about the weather or the conditions. It's just go in the kitchen and bake a cake. And really the only thing that affects us is summer because the butter melts. That's about it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And the same with you, Darren, in terms of taste profiles and and when you're doing chocolate, is that is that a scientific thing for you or is it? I mean, if, you're, if you've got a shop and somebody's their favourite is a particular thing that you offer, it's got to be the same, exactly the same taste next week when yes, they come yeah. again. So consistency. How do, you, yeah, how do you do the consistency? Again, so to just measure stuff. We do, and that's really, really important. I think taste in terms of what flavour is the best flavour, that's completely subjective. Yeah, Everyone's yeah. going to have a different opinion. Um, but in terms of whatever, for me, whatever you do as a brand, you just want to make sure it is consistent. So, for example, you know, on the coffee, for example, we have on-demand grinders that get it to the exact... Um, you know, like gram of yeah. coffee and weight and every time. And, you know, we check it runs through the coffee machine for a certain number of seconds so that every single wow. shot has the right amount of crema, has the right amount of taste. When it comes to the chocolate, when we're developing the chocolate, the scales we use are special laboratory scales that go to one one thousandth of a gram. My Whoa. scales don't even work <laughs> properly half the time. Exactly. So it exactly. says, you know, 100 grams. There's nothing on it. <laughs> no, at home, at home it's a bit different. You yeah, throw yeah. your vaguely followed That's recipe. why I can't bake, obviously. <laughs> scales are rubbish. We may have worked yeah. out the problem. Yeah. Yeah, we have to have, like, special side guards so just any breeze doesn't affect the weight on those wow. scales. Wow. Really? Yeah, because when we're doing samples, we're doing it on a much smaller scale. But when we make the products, our chocolate tanks are between 400 kilograms and a tonne. 
So it's easier to weigh. But for samples, Whoa. when you're doing, you know, a hundred gram to half a kilo a kilo, and you're putting in a tiny amount of flavor, you just want to make sure when you're recreating that, if you're doing an orange flavored chocolate or a strawberry flavored chocolate, you just want to make sure that it's going to be exactly the same when you sort of scale up and yeah, yeah, going yeah. into production with it. So, you know, for us, taste is really, really important. And we're quite fanatical about that. But as you said, I think consistency is really, really important. Yeah. And 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 especially when you've got all those different um, uh you know varieties and yes. stuff yeah so you manufacture a lot of your different products here in the uk don't you yeah nearly all right? of them so we have over 200 products um 200 plus, plus we're always adding and special editions i think we had a social media competition for people to choose their favorite bar and someone decided a bakewell tart so we had to create that and get the flavors in and the toppings in and the freeze-dried cherries and a chocolate bakewell tart yeah amazing so on a chocolate bar so you know yeah so we're trying to always add new flavors just to keep it interesting for customers yet we always try to keep the core really best-selling products as well so a couple of weeks ago in the press i don't know if you saw it there's a chocolate that is a cheese and onion crisp chocolate did you read that I didn't no why do people do that <laughs> really some why? of the flavors you see out there i just i honestly don't know personally. just have a bag but, of cheese and onion crisp yes. i think it's the marketing <laughs> department having fun yes yes i actually think they have got cheese and onion crisps in it yeah well, I would imagine it does. And, uh, uh, you know, from a marketing and PR point of view, it's a gift, isn't it? I suppose so. So it's just done for the publicity. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, see, I don't... I, I don't you're not going to do cheese and onion crisp cake, are you? Absolutely not. <laughs> no, that sounds awful. <laughs> so, what, so what's your, um, you know, your favourite, your most popular, that that, that, that uh, do fashions change? You I know, think, so you'll get yeah. a traditional Victoria sponge, which I presume if you're a baker, you know, you've got to crack that. And then if you can do that, you know, that's... Yeah, thing. it's like, but what's what's coming through at the moment that seems to be popular? Yeah, trends definitely influence quite heavily in the kind of baking that that I do. Um, I mean, you mentioned Victoria Sponge, and people get quite funny when they talk to me about it because I can't think of anything worse than a Victoria Sponge. I think for me, my least favorite things are coffee and walnut, Victoria Sponge, and a lemon drizzle. They're fine. Anyone can make them. Just. Don't ask me to make one. I want to do something a bit Why, more exciting. Is that, is that because it's too easy I for think you? It, I think it's too easy and I like to have a lot more fun with what I'm creating. And I think someone's made it. They've nailed it. Perfect. Move on. I'll go buy it in m and I'm not going to mm-hmm. spend my time making it. I'd rather do something a bit more interesting and fun that I can't really get anywhere else. Um, and is that does, for you then? Is that uh, the, the the actual sponges themselves, or is it the flavourings, or what's the? I think bit it's a bit that... of both. Um, I definitely like to add different flavours and try different things. Um, but then also with the sponges, just making sure that I'm using the best ingredients possible, and if I can tweak it. So if a recipe says just add milk, I think, well, what if I add buttermilk because that might have a little bit more of a tang. It also adds to the aeration because of the acidity. Yeah. And so tweaking things in that way as well, I just think it overall gives you a slightly better product and it's more fun to see where it takes you and what else you can do. Um, and what are you getting now in terms of, of, of popularity? Is there, is there some themes that are coming through? I think at the moment, especially as we're coming into summer, I definitely think that anything a bit more fruity um, always helps. Mm. Uh, for example, the cake that I just went to take out of the oven is uh, strawberry and Nutella. I think anything... Strawberry and Nutella? Yeah. Woo. So that cake... Loads of people asked me where I got that from. I thought it just seemed like a really obvious flavour. Um, but I genuinely think it came from when I used to get the bus to school. The girls I used to sit with would get a jar of Nutella, 
Someone would bring that in and someone would bring in oh, things to dip in it and we would dip strawberries in it. As you're saying strawberry and Nutella, are you saying that's what the sponge is? is, is so is. the sponge is actually chocolate. So I make a um, super fudgy chocolate sponge using uh, 54% uh, Belgian chocolate that I melt down along with a Belgian cocoa powder. So it's very rich in flavour and I add buttermilk into that because it helps with the acidity. Um, but the actual strawberry Nutella component comes from... Uh, so I make a Nutella buttercream, um, which is essentially just putting a lot of Nutella in some buttercream. Um, <laughs> Sounds amazing. <laughs> then I fill it with more heavy spoonfuls of Nutella. Um, and each layer gets a layer of freeze-dried strawberry pieces. So it's just pure strawberry. And once it hits the moisture, it starts to rehydrate. So when you actually get a bite of cake... You're getting a proper bite of strawberry um, and then it's coated in strawberry buttercream that again comes from just 100% natural freeze-dried oh, strawberries me. ground into a powder. <laughs> so it kind of tastes like strawberry ice cream when you're biting into it. Um, so it just kind Sounds of gives you a summer's rich. day in a mouthful. And it kind of, because you've got the sweetness, a little bit of bitterness, and then it's kind of rich but light, it, it just balances together quite nicely. And then we top it with fresh strawberries as well. So what are your five a day? Yeah. <laughs> Sounds a bit rich to me. Is it? Is it woo? I mean, I think it's one for the sweet tooth. I think, yeah. yeah. But I very much, I'm not a cheese after dinner person. I am very much a pudding person. person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and just, uh, we won't believe this, but we're running out of time. So just give us a couple more uh, interesting sort of ones that you think. You obviously so, don't do Colin the Caterpillar, do you? No, no. I don't do Colin the Caterpillar. No. Um, I think I also do a lot of um, baking outside of cakes. So I love doing cookies and brownies and uh, I do diddy cakes, which is kind of like our version of a cupcake. Same proportion, bit more modern. Um, but flavours like uh, do a dark chocolate lime and sea salt brownie, which we top wow. with a fresh lime curd that we make from scratch. Now you're talking. Seeing that, yeah, that, that I think that's, that, one. that wins over the less sweet tooth because you get a little bit of salty. The lime is really fresh and it cuts through the dark chocolate really nicely. That sounds good, that. Yeah. Next time, can you bring me one of those? Absolutely. Because you're, you're only down the road from our studios here, so I'll, I might knock on the door if I know you're baking those. Go for it. <laughs> Brilliant. And uh, um, your visions of the, the future, what are you, you aiming for in the business? I know you do a lot of orders for people who've got weddings and things like that, but, yeah. but people can come in and just buy your stuff, can't Yes, they? absolutely. So the way that our bakehouse works is the entire unit is the kitchen. Um, and people can order cakes from our website. They can see everything we do online or on social media. Um, come and pick cakes up throughout the week. And then Friday, Saturday and Sunday, we treat it like a pop-up. So we wheel a counter out on, on wheels that my brother made for me. Um, and we treat the whole front of the bakery like a pop-up shop. Wow, and yeah. we have a different selection of individual cakes that you can come and pick up for the weekend. Um, and then long term, we plan to add in a little general store section next to it where we will have um, local produce and prepackaged items made by us. We make marshmallows from scratch as well. Wow. So people can come and buy stuff like can't, that. Can't get proper marshmallows wow. generally, can you? No. No. Yeah, these are, these are the proper squidgy, fluffy, really flavourful kind that toast perfectly. They don't singe kind of like the yeah, shop yeah, bought yeah. ones do. Yeah. yeah. Um so yeah, more of that basically. Good luck with that. Thank you. Incredible. Yeah, it is. And and uh Darren Kokoba. Um wow, I mean I know you've got a massive unit where you're making all this stuff, two hundred products you said. Uh world domination what, what what are you planning um, wow Not i think it's very hard to plan to be honest you just sort of see it? where things go i mean we've um you know we started with a chocolate cafe and then the wholesale and export and online really grew so we've moved like to our third unit in, within four years 
Um, so the growth has been fantastic. We've got a phenomenal team. So we just want to really keep growing the team. And where, where are you based? Uh, Strew, down in Rochester. Right. So it's a call out to all those people who are sitting there currently making chocolate in Strewed. Well done. Thank you so much. <laughs> The, um, and then the cafe as well. We just want to, you know, we just want to grow that as well. So yeah. to open more cafes. Um, Brilliant. Yeah. So that's sort of our aim. At the Excellent. Moment. And where can we find you online? So it's Cocoba, C-O-C-O-B-A. We will put links oh, from the website. But but presumably people can order stuff online. If yeah. They, so they the easiest to. way is uh, cocobachocolate.com. Um, we're in, you know, a lot of retailers. We're in farm shops, delis, independents um, in Kent and elsewhere. Um, but cocobachocolate.com would probably be the easiest place to Great. find Great. And we will definitely have a yeah. link to that. Absolutely. You've been there, haven't you? Yeah. It, absolutely fascinating. You're sort of the answer, you know, the UK's answer to Willy Wonka, I think. <laughs> you reckon? You reckon? Well, thank you so much, uh, Darren Litton of Cocoba. And I always get your name wrong. Eloise Hale, Ells Bells Bakery. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you for joining us. And we had a little bit of Love Raw Vegan Chocolate, which we're going to continue to tuck into. Um, thank you to my fellow presenter, AJ. Thank you for having me. That's all right. You love this because it's chocolate. I know. And uh, <laughs> don't forget, we are available on Audible, Spotify, Podbean, iTunes and the podcast app on your phone. And if you want to listen to hundreds of podcasts going back six years, might be seven years, go to foodtalk.co.uk and I hope you have a good week. Bye bye. <laughs>